Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers cast and we've got a special episode for you today. Myself, Dave and Ben are joined by Yeovil Town's new manager, Chris Hargreaves. Chris, welcome to the Glovers cast. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, delighted to be joining you tonight to talk all things football. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I've, I mean, I've been telling the guys I am uh, extremely excited about the football season now. I think when it finished last at the end of last season, it couldn't have finished soon enough at, at some points. But um, yeah, I think there's certainly a, a buzz around the place off the back of yesterday's news as well that it's sort of raring to, I expect you're raring to get the players back in and start kicking balls yeah. around, aren't you? No, definitely. It's, um, you know, for the players, this is the time where they, they go off and, you know, have a rest and recharge the batteries. And for us, the coaches and you know, staff, it's a time where we organise and, and um, plan. And so it's it's busy. It's busy for everybody. I mean, speaking to so many managers and agents and players over the last three weeks already, uh, it's incredible, really. But I think um, getting back to pre-season is something that we're all looking forward to, for sure. Um. We, we, we know you mostly as someone who's, who's covered the game through BT Sport recently over the, um, the sort of past couple of seasons. And of course, the yeah. season's just come to a conclusion and you were still part of the, the yeah. BT Sport uh, team right up until the uh, playoffs. They weren't dull, were they? Grimsby no, they going all fantastic. the way. What an incredible set of playoffs they were. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, BT's always been a, just a, a, 
a pleasure to do. You know, I'm a football person and I've always been in football, but I've, I've done that because I've enjoyed it and I see players and I see games and, and you see what it means to the local communities. And we talk about that a lot, but those playoffs were, were incredible. I mean, the attendances, the, the sort of, the quality as well, I thought was really good. I know, I know with a 5-4, you probably wouldn't say the defending was that good, but the, the quality and the, the, the atmosphere, I, th I thought it was brilliant. And I honestly feel that this, um, this sort of last season in the National League has been, it's just shone a massive light on the actual ambition and size of a lot of the clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, there can't be a better advert for the game than that, that set of playoffs, can there, with the everything that there was? No, exactly. It was, it was you know, I had a, a bit more of a vested interest in it because I'm from Grimsby. You know, it's my hometown or Cleethorpe, should I say, but that was my hometown club. Um, so all my family are still there. Um, you know, now everything is about Yeovil Town to me and that's my life. But I was pleased for the club. Uh, Grimsby that they went up because as I say for, for all uh, towns and cities it, it does mean a hell of a lot and it, it certainly does at Grimsby that that is the main topic of conversation everywhere yeah absolutely I mean you, you've obviously mentioned that Yeovil Town you've been with us is it, is it two weeks now since you were formally announced and I think you were saying that you were you were actually in the club for a week before you were even announced is what what yeah. do you think are the things that you've learned most about the club that perhaps things that you didn't realize when you when you took the job good question um I think that there's a lot of people that care passionately about the club and there's a lot of really hard work gone into keeping the club where it is now it's had massive ups and it's had massive lows but there's a consistent of fans that are loyal and there's a consistent of staff that work the socks off so that's what I have learned um, I've learned that it's got challenges in in its location um, and clearly with the with the competition and and the league it's in but what you can draw on for sure is that that everyone wants it to get back to where it was. Um, and that's clearly in the Football League. You've said there's sort of challenges with the location. Do you think there's opportunities with the location as well? Because we're surrounded <laughs> with, you know, there's Bournemouth yeah. an hour one way, Bristol yeah. an hour the other way and Exeter. There's lots of big cities around where we 100%. can pick up people from. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think we need to... You know, I, I hope we can get some of those conversations over the line that I've been speaking to clubs about um, players. And I think at the moment where we are talking about perhaps signing players from clubs within the vicinity, lads that want to stay in the area or are already in the area, or it's loan lads, it's going to take a little bit more time because players want to try and get into someone's first team and managers want to see them for a couple of weeks. And then I think you'll see that decision-making happen more rapidly, where a player will then know that he's not in the plans or a manager will know he's not in his plans and then it'll sort of escalate. So it's a, I'm, I'm impatient as a person, but I've got to be patient because I can't make the players come to us, but they, they know it's an attractive club to play for. Uh, and that, that's, I've had so much feedback like that with 
players. And that's what I'm trying to draw upon against another club that hasn't got the history of the, our club and hasn't got the the sort of fan base and, and the, the history of it. So that, that's what we're trying to build. If I can just rewind a little bit, obviously you, you covered the National League extensively last season through your role at BT Sport and obviously as a, as a as just a general football man. How much yeah. of Yeovil did you see last season? And then when you knew you took the job, did you go out and seek watching more of Yeovil and, and, and what we had last season? Yeah, I probably watched three or four games before I even had an inkling of either going for the job or speaking to Scott about the job. I watched, then I watched 12 games. So I watched eight previous games, four games um, in person. And by the time the lads start back, I'll have watched every game. So I've got a fair idea of, of the boys and what their capabilities are and, and the strengths and the weaknesses. So I already knew a little bit, but, but I didn't know the dynamic of, of, of the players and, and the staff and the, you know, the inner workings of what's gone on because there has been, there has been a, a bit of trauma, hasn't there over the, the last few years for different reasons. And, you know, it's, that's, I think one thing with the tragedy of Lee it did bring the club together, no matter what was going on. Um, and, as I say, that's going to continue. It's, it's got to continue and it'll never be forgotten. That's for sure. Um, but I think that that sort of togetherness that it, that it created, I can tell that in the changing room with the boys. I can definitely tell it. Um, and that's why you know, it's always difficult having conversations with the lads because they're all in different stages of the career. Some want to try and play higher. Some perhaps are coming to a different stage of their careers. So it's been a, it's already been, there's been, there's been a lot of conversations already, uh, but that's, I must admit the lads that, the lads that have left the football club um, for whatever reason, I've had some great conversations with them and I wish them all the best that they're, they're absolutely top lads. Let me, let me hit you with a slightly bigger question then maybe as someone who's watched a lot of top quality National League football last season and has watched a lot of Yeovil Town sub subsequently, what do you think, in your opinion, is the difference between Yeovil that ended last season and say, I don't know, let's pick a place, seventh place in the National League? What's the difference? What's the gap? How do you fill it? Um, it takes, I think it takes a while to, 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 to get that group of players together that can mount a serious challenge. I don't, I don't think you can hide away from that fact. Um, when you look at what Pete created at Halifax, if we're talking about the, a club on a, on a on a budget that's that's competitive still, don't get me wrong, but it is a lot lower than 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 most. Then you need a little bit of time. You need people to buy into you. You need a couple of pre-seasons of work, and that and that's what happened with Pete. Now, you know you you you've seen it, guys, haven't you? You you know that a, when I looked at the Stockport game, and I looked at the warm-up, I remember saying to to Aaron McLean. I feel like I'm looking at a league club. I feel like I'm looking at a really successful League Two football club just because of the physicality of the lads and the experience they had and, and uh, the sort of mindset. You know, I know they're going for the title, but when you look at the squad, it, it's heavily based on experience in, 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 in football. Um, we've got to try and get that balance right, haven't we? We're not going to go out and, and, and spend money on a 300 grand striker. But 
what we can do is build some sort of momentum that ends with us hopefully um, being competitive. But it's, you know, I can't, I haven't got a crystal ball. I can't tell you the exact answer at the minute, but let's, let's start working with the lads in pre-season and, and see who we can get through the door. Yeah, and, and you've spoken there about working with the lads in pre-season. Obviously, the big news this week has been the uh, arrival of your assistant manager, uh, Chris Todd, and, uh, and Marcus Stewart in a role as a head of player development. And we're, we're obviously a bit more familiar with Marcus from his, his time as a player with the club, but probably less so with, with Chris. Tell us a bit about him. What, what do you think he's going to bring? Yeah, Todd is a, he's a winner. Um, I, we, we, we would play together, myself and Chris. Um, we, we actually... We've had some tougher times together, and certainly Chris has. He's, he, and I'm sure he'll speak to you about this um, at, at some point. You know, is we we started together at Torquay. Um, I was coming to the end of my career, and, and still wanted to be at a club that were challenging. And Toddy had just joined from Exeter, but we we hit it off. We we saw a room together as teammates, and we were that part of the spine he was a defensive spine I was the midfield and and we got a, a, a lad called Tim Sills who was uh, our, our striker at the time that was that was a spine that we sort of built and we we got on very well we we sort of faltered at the end in the first season we lost in the playoffs to Exeter and lost the trophy final at Wembley um, but we went up the following season um, and during that season the sort of the way I'd described Toddy is he, he was diagnosed that season with leukemia and battled through it in his normal way and we we roomed together the night obviously at Wembley when we were promoted and, and he was saying wow you know this is incredible it's you know lucky to be here full stop never mind being able to go and try and get a club up so we've got some massive history together myself and, and Toddy for sure um, and with Marcus I worked with Marcus at Rovers um, for a fair few years. And what, what we've tried to put in place is that, that sort of Chris with it predominantly with defenders, myself as an ex-midfielder, helping the midfielders and, and obviously Marcus um, with, the, with the attackers. And then we'll, we'll broaden it to, to the whole group Thursday, Friday. But they're, they're great. They're great people and they're really excited by the challenge. And then, that they're uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, Marcus coming in as head of player development and he's said he's here to um, help make the players better and, and give it a good go to get us out, out of this league. And what, why was Marcus Stewart the right man for, for that job, in your opinion? Because I know he's got that, that devilment and he, you know, I know that Marcus off the pitch is a fantastic lad, but you step over the white line and, and he means business. And you don't do what he's done in the game without having an angry side and a, and, a, and a side that wants to win. And so I know that when I turn to him and I ask him a question, he'll give me the answer that he feels is best for the club and the team, not the answer that I want to hear. And that's why he's important. And yeah. I, I hope I'm the same for Marcus. If he asks me a question, I'll, I'll tell him what I think is the best for the club and the player. And so that that's why I think he's, he's a great fit. Um, Never mind the the actual history he's had with the, with the club, which is fantastic. He's in because I trust him, and I know he's very good. 
yeah, knowing what we know about Marcus Stewart, the idea of getting his football brain into someone like Tom Knowles. We've got a yeah. very good striker there in, in, in the making. We're really looking forward to seeing that sort of uh, develop over the course of pre-season and into, into the new season. With, with regards to the rest of your coaching staff then, uh, how many more? Are you going to have someone goalkeeper specific? What yeah. does the physio situation yeah. look like? No, um, goalkeeping coach. I've spoken to a couple uh, of lads this week. Um, so it's similar, you know, speaking to a lot of coaches and goalkeeping coaches before the final decision is made um, and, and that will be done hopefully next week because they need that, don't they? Um, Grant and Max, they need that. So that will be announced hopefully um, within a week, 10 days. Um, and then the support staff that have been excellent last season will remain. Um, so we we've got to be realistic we can't go out and get full-time roles in in all these different areas but I can tell you that looking at what I've seen already a lot of the staff are putting a hell of a lot of hours in uh, over and above what probably they have to which is football isn't it full stop I mean that's just the way it is in football you you, you just once you're in you're in and you're invested in it and you you can't really look up yeah, and, and I mean, that's obviously your, your backroom staff. And obviously, in, in the past couple of weeks, the real news has been a procession of, uh, of players resigning and committing themselves to the to the club. And, and the first one, and we won't get Ben on to talking about Josh Staunton because you'll never stop him. So, but uh, we, uh, we we all felt that was a massive plus. In fact, we did a we did a poll of our followers on Instagram about who they thought the captain should be next season and not wishing to, you know, push your opinions or whatever. Josh was the el- overwhelming response for for that i mean what's impressed you about him was he one of the first people that you spoke to when you when he came to the club he was yeah he sure was and you you spot on he is a leader and he's a great lad and i got a lot of time for him and i did have before i you know before i, I met him uh, officially um the, the the sheer fact that i could rely on him and i spoke to him when he took the game the last game of the season uh before and I thanked him for, for doing that. I wasn't in the role officially, um, but I knew he was taking it. So we spoke and, I, and he spoke really well um, and he stepped up to the plate. And I think that's a sign of his character. He wants to do well. He wants to be a leader um, and he wants to, to be successful at this club. And the way that Josh looks at it, I'm sure he's spoken to you about it. He wants to leave a legacy and that legacy, fingers crossed, is success on the pitch as a team, but he also wants it as a player. It's, and I said to him, and I said to a few of the lads, it's, it's very nice to go back to a former club if you've done okay there. And usually that means you've shown a bit of loyalty that, to that club and the fans have bought into you a little bit because they know you're a hard worker and you, you, you're loyal. So I, I, I think that's why a few of the boys have, have, have signed because they know the thought highly of at the club. And that's not to be taken for granted because it's it's very difficult to win uh, supporters over at times because it's a tough job, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. we we speak to our fans of every club before we play them. Now, Woking, I think Dagenham and Halifax all talk about Josh Staunton in a very, uh, very good way. So he's he's 
definitely ticks all the yeah. boxes you've good said there. Good job I snapped <laughs> him up then, isn't it? <laughs> hey, it was. Ben would Ben would not be here if you hadn't, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Very no, true. It's he boycott same, it. Same for the, you know, all the lads, are, are, yeah. are, they've been fantastic. As I say, the lads that are going on to new challenges, great lads, had great conversations with them, genuinely, not just saying that. And, and um, I wish them all the best. And the lads that are staying, they know that um, they've got to work and put a, one heck of a shift in to getting the team. And they know that, like any fan turning up, if, if they see a minimum of giving everything, they're happy. Now, if you can add a bit of ability to that and, and get bums off seats, then it's a bonus. But I think the lads that are staying, um, they're staying because they like the club and they're staying because they, 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 they want to be successful here. One of the players we were going to ask about was was Lawson Diaz because yeah. we kind of all assumed he was football league bound. We'd kind of made our peace with it. It was a really nice surprise to see him stay. What are you expecting from him next season? Well, Lawson's Lawson's had so much bad luck with injuries, hasn't he? And and he he just wants to have a full preseason and be fit for the first time in a long while. I think that's his main objective. I've spoken to him a lot and I've had some great conversations with him and I. I I used to really like him when I watched him, you know, at various clubs over his career. I just think that for him to do what he wants to do on a football pitch, he needs to be at absolute optimum fitness. And so that's, that's his challenge in pre-season to, to, to get to, to hit those levels. And that's our job, obviously, to get him to that level. Um, so I think he just wants a consistent run of games. He wants to be as fit as he poss possibly can to affect it. Because I've seen him in games towards the end of the season and he still looks a quality player, but he, he still needs that fitness level um, because then he'll be even better. But he's got so much ability. I mean, I, I know Daz has spoken about it before and, and I remember him reading a piece he talked about saying he was the most important lad to, to get over the line and to secure in, 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 and giving him a contract because he knows what value can, he can add. And he's also... a a top lad as well. Um, he's, he's a good lad in the changing room, which is important. And another renewal was um, Matt Worthington, and I, I've, I've Matt Worthington, a brilliant runner, great keeping the ball with the team. I've, I've always felt that there's more to get out of him further up the pitch. Um, what, what are you? How do you see his position in, in the team and what do you want from Matt Worthington going forward this well, season? Well, I don't need to say anything because you've just summed it up. <laughs> there you go, Ian, for your I next mean, coaching. You're doing my job for me. So I, all I can do is send Matty this recording and say, just watch this. No, you've, you've nailed it. He's, he's super fit. He will run through a brick wall. He'll probably win all the pre-season tests, although Josh will want to challenge him because I'm sure he will. Um... Yeah, fit as a butcher's dog and will give everything for the for the team. And and you're right, he probably is underestimated because he's a good footballer. And he needs to look forward, pass forward, be creative, and do all the other things that he does, because I think he can do that. And it's a it's a big ass, don't get me wrong, but he's a midfielder and you, you've got to be a good player as a midfielder because you've got to be the creator, the dominator, and the organizer. So he hasn't got much to do, uh, <laughs> but I do think he's got the potential to, to go further. Um, and so the challenge would be to him to, as I say, to, to do all the things that 
he can do easily, um, but to show people how good he is uh, on the ball. Yeah, I, th I think possibly if we've read the statements correctly, with the exception of Josh Dortner, I think he's signed a two-year contract. All the other players have committed themselves to next season. I mean, do you have an aim to try and tie them down to longer contracts? Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, yeah. but that's the ambition, is it? That's the ambition. And, and, and I hope that with, with a good start and some momentum that we can, we can do that. Um, there, there have been conversations with, you know, I won't tell you which players, but with some players about extended deals, but it's different for different in different circumstances. And that might be from my part where it needs to, I need to see it from the player before the, 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 the commitment comes in. And likewise, the player probably might feel he can go to another level. So he doesn't want to commit to. So it's, it works both ways, but without a shadow of a doubt, I'd, I'd prefer more lads on extended deals than not, because you're just getting this cycle of end of the season and everyone's up and you're fighting to keep good lads. And, and certainly any lads that are in the under 24 category, uh, I think we've got to protect because they're a valuable asset, aren't they? And, and I don't want to lose players if I can help it, um, if, if we can offer them a better deal and keep them at the club. Yeah, I think that's one of the key things that we've we felt this summer is that there wasn't this mass exodus. We we feared there could be a 10, 15 player exodus and then 10, 15 more come in. And actually, we've kept the huge amount of that core. So that's something that's really, really impressed a lot of the Oval Town fans. One thing that has been noted, of course, is that of the of the guys that are departing, Mark Little, Luke Wilkinson, Adi Youssef, Ruben Reed. that's a lot of Football League and National League football experience that have departed for whatever reason it may have been. Yeah. Are you looking to add in a little bit more experience or you, yeah, will I you am. be asking the leaders to step up a bit more? No, definitely. Definitely. I've, I've got to do that. I'd be, I'd be naive if I, if I didn't get experience through the door. I know that. And that's my job. Experience more often than not can cost money. And so it's, it's taking my time and, and being strategic about who comes through the door. And I'm having long chats with Marcus and Chris every day about that, um, about what type of character. Now, some will lose, some, some won't want to play for us, some we don't want to play for us, and some will go and sign for bundles of money. What we can do is we can still get experienced lads who, who want to do well and want to achieve. Uh, and that's, that's the sort of mix that we need to get in. Of those lads that, that have gone, um, now some of their own accord and some need a new challenge. So there has, there has been a bit of experience lost without a shadow of a doubt. And, and we, need, yeah, we need to get the balance right. And those boys that remain that are of the... And I'll be saying this to the lads in pre-season. Again, you'd probably do my job for me because you could just send this 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 recording to them. <laughs> they all listen anyway. It's fine. We'll they come into the dressing room if you want us to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no. But, but, but the thing is, once you get to a certain age, and, and if you are 23, 24, now you are still young. Of course you are, especially when you get to my ripe old age. But you, if you've played 50, 100 games, you've got to now see yourself as experienced. And so I'd, I'd expect a level of leadership there. And I'll be saying to the lads... And certainly 24, 25, you are now an experienced player. So when we're talking about experience, that's you. So I don't want you to be looking around for someone else in the changing room. You're the person that people need to look to. So that's, that's something that we need to sort of uh, articulate to the boys. But I'd hope 
definitely before the start of the season, before the start of pre-season, ideally, that we'll get some some firepower in um, and some talkers and some experience. But it, 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 I can tell you it's not an overnight uh, click of the fingers. And I've probably spent, well... I've spent a lot of days in the office. Let's just say that to, to, to get to get to get it right. So that that's my job. The phone bill's going up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I did say that to Scott funny enough, and he did get me on one saying, "Well, all phone tariffs now are three minutes and three uh, texts." Oh, there you go. No, no excuses. <laughs> yeah, it did make me laugh. That I thought, yeah, that's that's a shrewd that's a shrewd owner. But um, like like all managers, we're all phoning each other and we're all bouncing ideas off each other and we're all asking about different players. And I'm, I'm desperately trying to get the right types of people in. Um, and so I hope, I hope that in the next week or so, there's a couple of announcements. And then, um, as I say, leading into pre-season, when, when the boys start coming back, I think that's when... A lot of the players that have been leaving it right until the end will, will, will be making the decisions. Yeah, always the way, isn't it? I mean, yeah. of those players from last season who we, we've heard about, I think probably the only one that's outstanding is is, is Charlie Wakefield. Is there a, a deadline for him? On I know he's been made an offer, I think. Is there a deadline for when he's got to accept or are you just uh, leaving it, falling his court? No, we've got a we've got a deadline between us, myself yeah. and Charlie. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a deadline and, you know, I'd love him to stay. I'd love him to stay. I, I think, you know, I think we've made a fair offer. I think we've 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 shown him that we value him. I've told him that I do, which I do. I think he's a fantastic um, talent. I think he's got a great attitude, and and he's got loads of development in him. He can get so much better. I can't lock him in the changing room and say you're staying. <laughs> you could try. I can yes. try. I can say to him that. He's valued by the fans, by the club. Keep the momentum going. Keep carrying on what you've been doing because as a footballer, it's very difficult to then go and do it somewhere else if, if, you, if you're relatively young, which he still is. Um, so I would love him to stay. I think it would be fantastic for us as a club to have him. Um, but ultimately, it's, it'll be the player choice. And so um, time will tell. But there is a deadline between us both and... We're both happy enough with that. Yeah. Excellent. We've, we've, there's a bit of a core taking shape now. It feels like you've talked about a spine. It feels like, based on the players we've kept hold of, we've got a bit of a spine. And you've sort of spoken tonight about the transfer market and what you're you're looking to do. Um, a lot has been made of your connections locally, the clubs you've worked at before. Are you kind of sticking within the area or are you going to cast your net further and see if you can you know, drag anyone down from further up north to to Yeovil. yeah no, no i am i'm doing both i'm doing both i i have spoken to, to to my connections at the local clubs and i've had some really good conversations and i think like i touched on earlier though those those conversations have pretty much ended with a the manager would like to see the player for for the first week or two um we think you're in a good position to get player a or player b can we have another conversation in a couple of weeks and, and you can't really argue with it I've spoken to numerous managers and directors of football and under 23s all over the country, and and there's a there's a sort of group of of the what we have discussed as experienced lads in one group, then there's a group of the the the, the younger players, and then there's a group of the loans. Um, 
but they, they are far reaching. You know, you, you suddenly might get a phone call from, from a club in the Premier League up north and, and, and it, it's then a decision because I'll either know the player and I'll have watched him or you have to go on to Scout and huddle and really do your homework and think, is he good enough? Because it, it's all well and good looking at somebody on, on Scout or huddle and looking at hours and hours of footage. But the reality of the National League away at Wrexham on a Tuesday night is very different to playing in an under-23 game. There's no getting away from that. So it, was quite, it was quite easy. Yeah, we have good Tuesday memories. It's quite easy. It's quite good easy. memories of that place yeah, on a yeah, well, true, true, true. <laughs> but do you know where I'm coming from? You've got you've got that um, risk factor in, involved. Yeah, sure, I, th- you know. I think we we kind of saw that when Sonny Blue Everton joined start of last season. It was very obvious that he played under 23s and wasn't quite ready for national league. And then as the season went on, he got more and more comfortable and dealt with that physicality a lot better than he did at the start so there's yeah i think that's something we've we've sort of witnessed this season of that bridging that gap but but it's been a great experience for for him and he'll he'll gain Mm. so much from it and i think you know i i I gave bailey cargill his his debut and Jaden stockley played gave him lots of games aiden o'brien probably it was a bit too early for them but then that 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 next loan that that they really excelled and I, i think you know i've spoken to josh uh josh newfill about potential return to the club and from his pers- I know but from his pers- I'll be honest, because you know I know it's on a lot of it's the topic of a lot of conversations but with Josh you know the manager would want him to go to the next level because that would be his progression for that football club to get in that team he would maybe want to show himself in pre-season do I catch his eye do I do I have a half a chance of getting near the team but he knows that if there's any glimmer of coming back, he's coming back. So as long as he knows that and he knows that he can, he can, he can develop again here. Great. So that the the door's open. We'll send Josh this as well. (laughs) (laughs) I I think he knows. (laughs) He knows what we think of him. We tell his mum all the time on social media. Yes, he did great. He did great. And and, brilliant. You know, the way he performed in some of the games, he really looked like he'd, gain didn't he from from being here so i'd love i'd love him to get to come back but only time will tell i don't know one thing that um it's it's no secret the last season we did lack goals um 20 goal season strikers don't exactly grow on trees i'm not sure if you've got one in your back pocket going handy at the moment um we have lost our strikers obviously joe quigley left ruben reed departed Adi yusuf departed Is that a key area for you over the next couple of weeks to get some strikers, some goal scorers in the door? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, Aidy, I, I think we've mentioned this when um, it's one of those where I've spoken to a few, a few people about this. Um, when I shut my eyes at night, I see the board in the office, and it's full of a lot of names on there, um, and some of those names, I think, will come here. Um, because we can offer them a platform to do well. So it's either someone who's done well in the leagues below and the next stage for them is to go and excel in this league or it's a player that has done it in this league. Now, we, we've been close on a couple, I'll be honest, uh, and they've chosen the, 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 uh, a different club. Can't do anything about it. 
But there's a group of players that that I'm very hopeful we can bring through the door, and and uh, I hope they 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 show what they've done in the previous uh, at the previous clubs because there's a lot of talent out there. Honestly, there's there's a, we've seen it before, haven't we? So many times there's a lot of talent in in um, a lot of the leagues, and I think that it's just the case of trying to show them that that they 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 they've got the platform to do it here. So um, yeah, plenty of conversations to have, but hopefully in the next week or so I'll uh, be able to announce something. Fantastic. I think, yeah, when we look back at the probably the most natural goal scorer we've seen at Yeovil in a long time, Reese Murphy, who I know obviously had, had injury problems, came from Chelmsford City. Probably we thought myself, yeah, how's that going to step up? And and he, he was brilliant for us. So as you say, there's there's talent below, there's talent above, there's there's talent in the in the division that we're in. So I mean, how what do you see the sort of squad size of Yoga? I think we all said throughout last season that we felt we had a, a first eleven that was capable of making the playoffs in this um uh, in in the national league, but probably a squad that was mid-table, which is obviously where we finished. I mean, what kind of squad size would you like to, and if you can, get together before the season starts? Um, I think a smaller squad, uh, for me, has worked better over the times I've been a, a player and a coach. Um, don't get me wrong, David, you know, if we had 30 players all chomping at the bit with great ability, fantastic. But um, we've got to be realistic. And I think if we can get a better quality in um, and a fit lads that stay fit, then we'll be along the lines of, of a lower number squad. Now, if, if, I, if, I, if I work with 22 players, because I can regularly do an 11 v 11, I'll be very happy. Um, when I look at some of the squads we've had, I think we got very, well, we got very close to the championship with Brentford and, and we used literally the same players every week. Uh-huh. But we were all fit and we all stayed fit. So the key is that's where the, the staff come in, you know, the, the physio, the S&C, us as coaches, we've got to make sure these boys stay on that pitch every week. Uh, and that's probably what's... It, it's... it's uh, it's probably been quite difficult to keep players on the pitch, hasn't it, in the last couple of seasons for different reasons. I mean, you can't help two cruciates at the end of the day with someone like Lawson, but um, with some of the other lads, maybe it's managing load, maybe it's changing the training week to get them on the pitch as much as they can. Uh, but it'll be around about 22 players, um, of which I want them to stay fit all season. And you think that that or that twenty two is that going to include sort of loan signings as well, or, or have you sort of got you know a, a budget to get twenty two of you know our own players as such? No, we'll be loan signings. We've got to be realistic, we, and and I, I think it's important we do do that. Yeah, because we again, we, most clubs do it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the 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 clubs that perhaps don't have got the options of spending a lot of money. Let's, let's not get away from that. But some loan signs, they can be fantastic, can't they? Um, so I'll, I'll use my full quota uh, for sure. But the, this, the dynamic between a club saying, well, he's got to play, it, it, that he hasn't got to play. He's got to prove that he can play. And that, that's what 
our, our relationship will be the, with those clubs. You know, we, we want him to play every week um, and, and we'll give him the chance, but then he's open to the elements of being a pro footballer. No matter if you're coming from Man United or, or, or anywhere else, you've got, to, you've got to be good enough to stay in the team, haven't you? Um, but I'm having lots of conversations with these, with these players at the moment. The squad swat size might swell a little bit, depending on when we're in the season. Um, but I'd rather go with smaller numbers, to be honest. Um, thinking about the, the league as a whole, this league, like you say, this season's been such a strange season. We've had all the money spent at the very top with Wrexham and all the rest of it. But actually, next season, we're also going to welcome Dorking Wanderers and Maidstone. And yeah. it's going to be a very diverse division next season. What are you expecting of the quality of the league as a, as a whole from what you've seen maybe with BT or, or really in strong. sort of your... Yeah, good question. Really strong. I've seen a fair bit of both of those clubs you mentioned. Obviously, York is an old historic club, league club. Um, again, strong. I've seen some of their footage and games recently and attendances. It looks like there's been a great atmosphere. Dorking, obviously, have, have had an unbelievable story. Um, play very good football, possession-based, very confident, got a lot of experience in there. Um are very ambitious. And then you've got Maidstone that have historically got great support. That that they, that place is buzzing a lot of the time, isn't it? Um, so challenging, ambitious. That's that's what it is, isn't it? You, we know it, don't we? We've we've seen enough of it to know that there's there's all sorts of different um, mindsets in that league. There's the club that expect to be in the league. There's the club that are massively ambitious, and then the ones that just want to stay in it. So we've we've got we've got huge um, expectations for ourselves within the within the camp. Otherwise, we wouldn't be turning up every day. We we want to do well, but we know that all these teams now are so professional with the with the setups. There's 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 an incredible amount of teams bubbling along to even try and get the national league, isn't there now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, you, you've obviously come from a background very much in, in youth development. I know that's been spoken about an awful lot. Um, and obviously, Chris Todd, uh, who's arrived, come from a, a youth development background as well. Uh, do, do you think that's going to help you, you here? I mean, is that going to require an adjustment from you going from academy to, to first team? Or yeah, has your experience I, been I across mean, the my, first team as well? My experience in, in youth football has been alongside first team football. So, you know, myself and Graham took over at Bristol Rovers four points adrift in League One and we managed to keep the club up. It was a massive achievement. And, and then that's on the cliff face, that's on the coal face as they call it, trying to survive and, and playing against big clubs. You know, our first game was Sunderland away. You know, it just shows you, you know, packed. So I, I've actually been used to first team football more than youth football. But I, I know youth football as well. And I know how hard they work. And I know the infrastructure of clubs. And so I do look at it from a different angle. If, if a young Charlie Wakefield is coming to a club, what's his mindset like? What's he being used to at uh, a top club? How does that transition work? So that's where I'll use those, those perhaps skills. But the reality is that I've been in a lot of dugouts, whether it's first team coach at Bournemouth or assistant at Rovers or managing at Torquay. So... I know what it's like. Um, it's tough, and, and and but it's exciting, uh, and that's where I want to be. But 
I think with Chris and um, Marcus, Marcus has obviously been with Daryl Clark and he's learned a lot from Daryl at different clubs. And Todd has been with someone you all know very well with Gary and, and, and learned a lot of the, of the tricks that Gary's um, been successful with over the years. So, you know, I hope it's a good team. Yeah. Listening to Chris talk on his arrival interview, he spoke there about all those West Country teams you've mentioned there, Exeter, Plymouth, Torquay, um, and how Exeter being a prime example, really, how they developed those players uh, and then sold them sold them on. And they've a lot of them gone on to do very well. Obviously, the setup at Yeovil is, is slightly different. There's an under-18s team. There's a community sports trust with those sort of lower age groups as well. I mean, is that something that you see yourself getting involved with, you or Chris or, or, or both? Yeah, we've got to. We've got to, haven't we? Because we, we need, we somehow need to, to create those pathways for younger players that are good enough to do it. So... I can't tell you exactly yet. I've got a few ideas that, that I've spoken to Scott about previously and, and, and Toddy and Marcus. Um, Mike does a great job looking after the boys. He works his socks off. I think that we, we might have to look at perhaps more volume to get, to get more gems and more diamonds, um, but it's going to take a bit of discussion. The only thing that I can concentrate on the moment is trying to get a good first team together. Of course. But I think you're absolutely spot on. We've got to try and get young lads from the area through to play for the local football club, haven't we? And that's the that's the basics of it. Um, because that's what everyone wants. That's that's what we all want. And I think Exeter model has been brilliant, but it is different. I, yeah. I keep saying it's a different model. You know, and and, I, and I, I, we know this, and the fans know this, there's more pressure on Yeovil. Exeter is a fan-owned club and, and they know that that's the pathway, nurturing players, getting players through and, and it's different. So th there's a definitely a different dynamic and I hope that, you know, if a fan sees a young player and I know they will and he might be giving the ball away a few times, we're trying to give him the experience to be better. So there might be a bit of patience needed with some of those boys that, that, that are coming through, but I, I'd love it for an Ollie Hayes to get a run in the team, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Hometown hero. We all like those, don't we? <laughs> we do. Yeah. yeah, we do. You, when, you, when you joined, you talked about sort of the size of Yeovil and the history of the club. Is, is there anything between you joining and now that sort of really hammered that home about the size of the club and, and you know, what, what job you've taken on? Yeah, every, every day I walk up to the club, I think. Every day I, you know, I stopped outside tonight and... I was watching the boys on the 3G and just looked up at the ground and thought, you know, soon this place is going to be packed. Um, there's going to be a lot of fans turning up, wanting the best for the club. So I'm, I'm well aware of the gravity of the job I've got. Um, but I think we've got, to, we've got to be positive about it, haven't we? We've got some good people in the building. We've got people like Marcus, who he's been there. He knows what it means to the club. Um, and I speak to a lot of the staff and the fans, uh, wherever I am, and that they just tell me what they want, which is to get the back, the club back to where it belongs. And, and it is the league. We know that. Um, and so that's, that's the task. That is the task. I know that, I'm sure you've seen it, a lot of the, um, the, the sort of talk has been about the two up and one in the playoffs. And, and I think that can't happen soon enough. I seriously believe that. Yeah. 
for clubs like for clubs like Yeovil, for clubs, I mean, look at Halifax. Whether they've reformed or didn't reform, it's still 20 years out of the Football League. And I, and I just think it's, it, it's long overdue to, to make it one more spot. I really do. I think, you know, when we first got out of the league, that was the first season where there was a playoff in the National League. So that yeah. was, was it, yeah. That, yeah, so even before that, it was just one up and one down. So No, it's yeah. incredibly difficult, isn't it, then? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the seventh spot has made a bit of a difference as well, hasn't it? That extra spot has made it, it's spiced it up a little bit. It's not everyone's cup of tea that having the extra spot, sorry. But um, yeah, it, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. I've been harping on about it for a long time. And I know that the, the league clubs have voted against it. But I just think that those clubs that end up coming down, it's, it's so difficult to, to, to get back up, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look at Wrexham, you know, and they've where they are now, even with all the, the Hollywood money, you know, they still couldn't manage it last season. So there's, you know, they've, no. they've been out of the league for a long, long time as well. Yeah, they, I mean, they had, they had a fantastic season, didn't they? But um, just fell short. And sometimes that sort of, that, that happens, doesn't it? Budgets don't always win win out. It, it, you know, mm. two, a couple of ways of skinning the cat. And in saying that, they're going to be competitive again, aren't they? There's no God, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> just a <laughs> bit. Yeah, they're going to be competitive, that's for sure. But um, yeah, but look forward to playing them. I have to remind Scott that he's on the board of the National League to keep fighting the Football League to get us three up, three down. He's going to have to. He's going to have to do that. Um, you, you, we've, we've obviously been really excited by the return of Marcus Stewart. And, and I know we keep going back to it, but this club has got a huge affinity to its legends. There was a huge turnout for a Legends game just yeah. a few weeks, uh, just literally the day before the final game of the season. Um, is there any... Anyway, because it seems to be a, a two-way thing. We've got a great relationship with some of the guys who are, who are involved in that. Have you reached out to any Yeovil Town alumni, uh, Nathan Jones, Chris Cohen at Luton, who have done such a great job with Josh Neufeld and plenty of others, for example, as to how and why this club is so special and, and what it takes to be successful at this club? Yeah, I've spoken to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, Marcus knows Nathan. We've, I've spoken to Josh. Marcus has spoken to Nathan. So there is... There is dialogue between everybody. You know, I still speak to Daz. I still speak to Terry. You know, I speak to Tony Pounder. I speak to a lot of people about the club because I'm, I'm hoping I gain something from everybody. You know, what, what, what went right? What did you do there? Why, why was this done? It is completely different now. The dynamics completely changed. And, and I, th I think we'll all agree, when you suddenly see the 300 grand purchases and on and, and all this whether they are or not I don't know I don't know but there's no smoke without fire there probably are massive salaries being paid there, there probably are so it has changed there's a different battlefield there for sure but looking at what Gary did and looking at that camaraderie and yeah I love it and, and I, I'd love to have something like that honestly I've been part of those teams and what, what a fantastic thing to turn up and see yourself on the side of the the building when you roll up that must be special I had it at Torquay as a player you know you go in and you see your, your picture lifting a trophy and and it makes you feel great and so I've got to draw off that from from those from those old legends and what I can tell you is they're all welcome you know I, I don't buy into this sort of no that's the old times 
come on, everyone's welcome. Come in through the door. Let's all be successful together if we can be. Same as, I know it's a little bit different, but even talking about the families and where the lads are moving away from home and it's very difficult for a, a wife or a girlfriend to make connections and make friends because they're on their own. And I want there to be an area on a match day where they can go in and have a drink with a family and, 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 and sort of have a chat and get to know each other other than just turning up for the game, watching it, go in, see you later. And that's definitely referencing that point of, of having a bit more of a family feel to it, I think is important. And you've seen the good times, you know what it was like then. I mean, you probably better to tell me what, what they did better. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things we've we've sort of learned from speaking to a lot of players from Gary Johnson's first time round was that they all lived in the area, they all bought into the community. And that was kind of like a Gary edict was that if you were joining the club you lived in the town and you were you were part of the community and you know that's obviously that's different times now probably less less feasible as such but that you know that was what worked for that team and that's why that team was so so close and so successful because they were agree. all part of the yeah. town agree 100 percent. i had the same at grimsby i was i was a local lad but all of the lads that we we signed pretty much lived there or stayed in the area and we we did the same we got promoted two seasons running so there is a correlation between the two, without a shadow of a doubt. With with the lads, even this morning, you know, I was in the club at eight this morning with a with a, a sort of connectivity of local businesses, and Mark gave a fantastic. Well, I it was inspiring talk about you know the amount of resource at Yeovil College and about keeping youngsters in the area, and and I resonated with a lot of it because I thought, well, it's the same with players. We've got to try and keep them here and tell them why they should stay here. That I don't really want lads to be driving three hours, picking up the money, getting in the car and driving back. So they'll, they'll be doing the visits. They'll be going to the schools. They'll be going to the college. They'll be integrating themselves as much as they can. And the lads that are staying do that anyway, I might add, don't they? Yeah. You know, the Joshes, the Matties, Lawsons, Charlie, that they do it. I know they do it. And, and we've got to do more of it. Yeah, that, that's that's great to hear. I mean, we, we've already let you know, Chris, all, all the players, we're absolutely convinced. Listen to every word that we say on this podcast. So this is your chance to tell them what does a Chris Hargreaves pre-season look like? Are they bringing their running boots? Are they bringing their shooting boots? What are they bringing? Yeah. Don't show them this recording. <laughs> they won't turn up. Yeah. No, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. There'll be certain things they've got to hit in there, certain metrics that they've got to hit. Um, you know, whether it be just high-speed running, aerobic capacity, whatever it may be, they're going to be hurting, but that's what pre-season's about. If you turn up for pre-season and don't hurt, you're lucky. Um, obviously, a lot, of, a lot of work with the balls, but it's a running game, isn't it? And, and you've got to be fit. You've got to be super fit. Chris Todd was fit, I was fit, Marcus was fit, so there's no wriggle room, unfortunately. Um, and the lads know that. And, and if we're going to get any marginal gains from any of the boys over and above any of the teams in the league, they've, they've, got, to, they've got to do that as a minimum. So uh, it's just a shame we're not nearer a beach because they'd be doing some serious running on that <laughs> beach. Um, I've seen some of the Exeter Chiefs uh, pre-season because my daughter is now living with one of the Chiefs players and 
they, uh, they've done some miles on Exmouth Beach before, that's for sure. But I'd like to take the lads away for a little sort of bonding, whether it be a little surfing trip or... Heathops. Camp. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it comes in for a lot of stick, but what a place. Yeah, a great <laughs> fish and chips. Magnificent. Um, all great Weymouth. fish and chips. Um, <laughs> all Weymouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we, we, we won't be going there. <laughs> um, um, very good but no it's going to be tough it's got to be it's got to be but I hope the lads enjoy it I hope the lads enjoy it and uh, we're, we're looking at one thing aren't we the start of the season and getting them into shape for that there's, there's no doubt about it they've got to focus on that and as I say anyone who comes through the door will, will be giving it 110% for this football club I can guarantee you that much one person I wanted to come through the door last season that I really felt we were missing and what I, you know, from our previous history was, was Ed Upson. Yeah. Can you deliver Ed Upson to us? I spoke to Ed. Yeah. Oh, oh, Ian, pick yourself up off the floor. <laughs> no, I know Ed. We got on really well. I worked with him at Rovers. I had a great relationship with him, um, either as a coach or a friend or a mentor, whatever you want to call it, got on well with him. Um, encouraged him to do what he did well, which was be a very good footballer on the ball. Um, we have discussed things I don't know at this stage, and, and that usually is for a number of different reasons, isn't it? And, and we've already spoken about the amount of midfielders we've got those football club. <laughs> There's only so many you can have. Yeah. Now, I like Ed as a person and I like him as a player. Um, so I'd never, I'd never rule anything out. Uh, but as I say, he's, he's someone that I, I, I hold in high regard as a lad and as a player for sure. He and Marcus can talk about magic FA um, um, playoff semi-final goals. It'll be, it'll be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be lovely. He talks about it in the office every day. So we don't <laughs> have to get that out. Yeah. In fact, we, we, uh, there's a good story, and, and I, I, it does make me smile even thinking about it. And I. I knew it was going to be good because I sort of forced Marcus' hand on it. And we were talking to a player. I, I won't tell you what player, but we were talking to a player in the week that I'd invited in. And, and uh, he was obviously fixated on the manager because the manager's the person that's going to give him the contract and, and, and tell him he's a good player, et cetera, et cetera. But um, then I, I sort of introduced uh, the staff and, um, and I, ju I just felt that his eye was wavering a little bit away from Marcus. So I, just, <laughs> I just said, Marcus, just tell him about your career for five minutes, would you? And once he'd got to the, once he'd got to the second £2.7 million move, I think the player in question sort of got where he was. <laughs> but it did make me smile because then I said, oh, just tell him how many goals you scored. And he, he was really pleased with that. But uh, it definitely made Mark, Marcus feel better, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> But he's, he's, a, yeah. he's a great lad. The staff, the staff are brilliant and they, they, they want to be successful. Honestly, I can tell you that we, we haven't got a crystal ball and I'm not, I've been in football long enough to know it's a cruel game. But what we are going to do is, is do everything in our power uh, to try and put a, a decent team out there. I think listening to your talk when you arrived and everything, probably the one thing that resonated with me and Marcus Stewart said it yesterday as well was 
there was a real realism about it because um, it's easy to come in and say, oh, yeah, we want playoffs. Uh, that's where we're going to. But y- you seem to be realistic about where Yeovil was as a club now, what this league looks like, uh, more to the point with all the money that, that's been spent. Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you, what does success look like for, for you uh, at Yeovil Town? And do, do yeah. you think you've got what you need to begin with, to start to achieve that, we've got we've got a good base. I'm not going to give any predictions because I don't like doing it. I think I, I think I, we'll have an internal goal within our squad and within our staff, and that will remain internal. and And I'll know what that is. Uh, it depends who we can bring in, um, and there's lots of variables involved in it. But success, obviously, means winning games, doesn't it? And it means being competitive, and it means clearly trying to get out of the league we're in because that's what everyone's trying to do. But can we tie players down? Can we get younger players in that are more saleable assets? Can we, can we do that? Can we get young kids through from the area? I think there's a few little trains of thought that, that we have and they're, they're, they're the three. They're the three younger players. Can, can we get them through? Cause I've seen it at football clubs. I've seen it happen. Can we get more valuable players? So we're giving a, maybe in, at times a longer contract to younger players because we know at the end of the season that we can walk away for nothing. And then the nitty gritty is we've got to win games. And I, I know that. I, I know it very clearly. Um, and come the end of pre-season, I'll tell you <laughs> a bit more about, uh, about my expectations. All right, we'll book you in for that chat then. <laughs> no problem. No if problem. you'll come back after this, yeah. Uh, no, no, it's good. Yeah, but it's, you know, we've got, we're, we're all trying to do this, aren't we? We're, you know, I know you, you're with me, you're not against me, and I, and I, I need everyone. And, and, I, and I see Jurgen Klopp saying it all the time. He's not an expert in, in everything. He gets good people around him, and that, that makes him better. And that's what my focus will be. You've got to be damn good at your job and do it well and that will help me and I'll try my best in my job. I think when you're trying to do everything, it, it, it's very difficult and, and I think we've all experienced that, haven't we, when in, at, at times in life, haven't we? Unless... Definitely. Yeah, no, aces <laughs> in places. Yeah. Aces in places. I'm I'm very aware that we've been chatting for an hour and you've probably got phone calls to people named Ed and Josh to make very soon. Um, so I, I just want to say... <laughs> I just want to say the season tickets are on sale. We think that there's a new kit coming in the horizon. We're expecting new signings and new faces. And there is this, there is a real positivity about the football that is hopefully on the horizon at Hewish Park. If I could give you just 30 seconds or a minute, just to talk to supporters who are listening to this, who are thinking, should I get a season ticket? Should I buy the new shirt? Should I get involved? Should I do some sponsorship, whatever? What would you say to them who are listening to this and have just heard you chat for the last hour? I'd say that I thank you for your, your magnificent sport that you've given already. I'd say we need you. The staff need you. The players need you. Because when that place is bouncing, it's fantastic. Mm. And I've experienced it as a player, as a coach, uh, in all different capacities. So we need it. That, that's what I can say. Um, and we'll be doing, I hope, what you want us to do, which is create a team that are going to be competitive uh, and a team of players that care for the club. So that, that's, that's what I want the supporters to, to take home as a message uh, going forward for next season. 
I reckon this is almost good enough that I'm going to forgive him for being part of that Torquay side for knocking us out the FA Cup live on the telly. <laughs> I can't remember it. No, Chris Dodd. Chris Dodd couldn't remember it either. So uh. I know, I know. Yeah, we. Um, yeah, it was a uh, good game, though, wasn't it? Good game. No, not really. <laughs> I remember seeing you score against us for Northampton at Northampton. Mm. That's going back a while as well. But I remember seeing. Oh, that. Oh yeah, day. I remember Gary was fuming after that. He was fuming <laughs> after that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Lee was playing that night as well. I think uh, there were a few good players playing that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, good, 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 good games. But we've always had some good games, and that's that's where we want that. We want the club back there, don't we? We can't hide away from it. Let's be honest. We want the club back there. It's it's, it's a big enough football club with a big enough fan base to to do it. Um, we've just got to diminish that time it takes to do that. Yeah, there is Chris. There's one sixty-four thousand dollar question we've got to ask you, which we ask all our guests when they come on yeah. the on the podcast. We should, I should have warned you about this one in advance, really. But this is this is the question we always ask people. If you were to walk into a supermarket, any supermarket of your choice now, and you had to pick up three items that went into your meal deal, your meal deal of choice, could be sandwich, could be crisp fruit, whatever you want, what would be your meal deal of choice? Now, I don't want to put pressure on you, but Ben will judge you very harshly. I will. If you pick hummus and carrot sticks, this could be it for you. But <laughs> what would be your meal deal of choice? I'm starting with a sandwich. Okay. And Anything? Tuna, tuna sweet corn. Mm, okay, classic. Start. I know, but it, it, yeah, but it, you'd never fail with it. You, you're no. not going to go wrong with it. So don't mess about trying to be clever. <laughs> it's a reliable, defendable midfield player. That's what you're saying. I've there, been lying it? to myself recently because I've tried to go for the sushi section of meal deal. Forget it. <laughs> so there we go. There's a small win. Okay. Um, the drink, I've gone for an innocent smoothie. Oh, healthy. Great, great healthy value for money. Great value for money. They're worth about three quid on their own, then. Exactly. And that's why I like <laughs> that bill going down from about £6.50 to £3.50. Because I think and I'm not massively keen on them, but the fact that they're £6.50 to £3.50, I know I'm getting value for money. It's a bargain on to yeah, yeah, this is going well. This is going and well so far, Chris. It depends. If I'm in a savoury mood, I'll go cheese and onion. Okay, right. Bag of crisps. In, if I'm in a sweet mood, I'll just go any one of the chocolate bars. If I'm feeling a little bit guilty, I might go for the old uh, eat natural, but not often. Right, okay. <laughs> so it's usually crisps, tuna, sweet corn, sandwich, and smoothie. Okay. Tuna and cheese and onion crisps. I hope you're having a, pa- a packet of mints in there as well, to be honest with you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I've got some Listerine in the car. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's a given. That's a given. Um, a strong well, meal deal. A very strong is, meal yeah, deal. Yeah, no, no, that's a good start. That's a good yeah. start. Are we going no, with that one, Ben? Yeah. Let I'm, me yeah. tell you, I've had a lot of meal deals. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I, I bet you've seen a few motorway service stations, haven't you? I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. Um, I've had probably had far too many chicken selects as well after, after games. And, and, I, and that's terrible because I need to start being a bit healthier um who says football who says football's out of touch with the real world eh <laughs> well i've had my LMA, i've had my annual lma health check and it it came back flying colors um let's let's hope that i'm the same next season have you have you sampled the dining delights of yeovil yet tamborinos is lovely good friends of the club um i haven't but i'm going to um I did meet somebody this morning. It's the Cowan... Cowan Apple. Cowan Apple, yeah. Cowan Apple, yeah. yeah. Gareth 
from the yeah. Karen Apple invited me down and said, come on, um, sample it. And I said, can't wait. So it will be a trip for me first. Um, and I'll enjoy that. And then I'm going to take the players and treat them to, to something in pre-season. So, um, yeah, I've already had an invite. So I'm, I'm quite honoured, aren't I? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I think, thank you for taking time out your evening to chat to us. It's massively appreciated. This is a, a Glover's cast first, having the current manager of the yeah. club on. So um, it's been great to talk to you. And I think I can speak for you too as well, but I'm really excited about the, the forthcoming season and wish you all the luck in the world. And yeah, bring bring it ups and home. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Really, thanks, Chris. Really, really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 